Hey everybody, Scott here, and welcome to the Scott Seven Podcast. Um, so today I'm going to be um, starting kind of a couple part series. I'm not sure if it's going to be uh, two parts or three parts, but um, nevertheless, it's going to be focusing on this concept of spirituality in video games. Now, um, one of the interesting, and I'll, I'll start off with a story. Um, when I really started getting into video games, talking about video games um, in a public in a public sphere would have been probably when I had a Super Nintendo. Now, prior, I had a regular Nintendo, played Mario Brothers 3, played a whole bunch of different genres of video games. Super N- Nintendo comes along. I remember I had, like, Donkey Kong Country, had a bunch of different... Um, had a bunch of different games, but I remember going to a friend's house. His name was Chris, and that's when I got introduced to Final Fantasy III, which is Final Fantasy VI. And um, one of the things I thought was so neat about that game was just the storytelling. It was nice because it was two-player, so here I am playing a role-playing game, and I was assigned different characters, and I'm playing this game, and I was just blown away by this game. And I'm like, dude, when it's my birthday, this is the game I want. And I remember it was my birthday. We drove. We went to every game store, and we couldn't find it. We had to drive all the way out to, like, a video game store out in Fairlawn, which was, like, 25, 30 minutes away from where I lived. And I was able to grab my hands onto Final Fantasy 3. Played it. Nintendo Power had a player's guide, got the player's guide. Like, I was, love this game, and I could not stop raving about it. I remember being in youth group, and I was playing this game and talking about this game to some of my friends in youth group, and one of the youth leaders overheard me talking about this game. And, you know, after we talked and then we had our lesson and then we're leaving, youth director says, hey, Scott, can I talk to you? Okay. You know, and usually anytime when a youth leader says, hey, I want to talk to you, especially in my situation, I probably did something bad. But I was perplexed. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I wasn't like mouthing off or joking around or doing something I wasn't supposed to do. I was actually normal, I guess, in that um, aspect. And as I was, as this uh, youth leader was talking to me, was basically telling me that I shouldn't play such games because I would be invoking uh, the devil and satanic forces because in the conversation I was talking about how you can battle people, you can use magic, like typical role-playing game. You know, you have magic, you have swords and weapons, etc., And when I heard this, I just had that crushing blow of like, oh, no, am I doing something sinful? Am I doing something wrong because I'm playing this game? And here's a game that I absolutely love, and now I'm being told I need to not play this game anymore because I'm going to invoke the devil's influence on my life. So I'm distraught. I'm upset. 
I'm sitting, I'm sitting in church and my dad instantly knows something's wrong with me because I'm quiet. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not smiling. I'm quiet. So my dad's in the car. He asked me if I'm okay. And I kind of said, Hey dad, I'm really troubled by something. I was told by, you know, the youth leader that I can't play this game anymore because of, because I'm invoking the powers of the devil, you know, Basically, that's kind of what I told him. And my dad kind of talks to me a little bit more, and he's like, okay, well, do you feel like you're being invoked by the powers of the devil? I go, no. And he goes, well, let me ask you, you know, let me ask you some other questions. I go, okay. And he goes on to ask me the question. He says, do you... I'm trying to think about how he said it, so I apologize. He asked me the question. He goes, do you feel like that when you play this game, do you really feel like that you know, you're getting angry and do you feel like that you can shoot fireballs at people and that you can conjure up magical spells and put curses on people? And when my dad said that, I gave him the look like you are – you're so dumb. Like, why are you asking me this stupid question? Like literally, like literally I'm like, dude, I don't even know what the heck you're talking about. Like, why are you telling me this stuff? And then my dad goes, well, I don't, I think you're okay to play this game. And that's kind of where it was left. And it taught me something because it goes back to, you know, when it comes to a video game, specifically talking about video games, there's not necessarily anything wrong with the video game. It's usually what where the problem in is how do I respond and react to this particular video game? And as we look in today's um in today's standards and in today's terms, you know, we see so much stuff about video games as far as mental illness. We see so many stuff about video games as far as how many people are being addicted to games. Is video game an addiction? Is Should it be classified as a mental illness, something that we should put in the a DSM, uh, something that the World Health Organization has declared that this is an issue and this is a problem. And especially we're looking at kind of this psychological side of video games. But then on the other thing, from a Christian spiritual perspective, should there be men and women who are Christians, should they even dive into this media because of the potential of bad things happening and especially some of the toxicity in the video game in the video game industry and online play and everything else um so to me it's it's very interesting to see all that because there's just a lot of stuff going on there and one of the things I want to kind of really focus on is, you know, is it okay for us to 
play video games, have a love for video games, even when somebody or someone is basically telling us that we shouldn't or anything else. And I'll give an example because I kind of put something out uh, for people to engage in. And this is actually from um, uh, Zach. And Zach writes, you know, asking about have you been criticized or have you been struggling? And um, Zach writes, you know, I don't know if I've been criticized or not. If I have, I viewed it as maybe being challenged during my high school and college years that the games I play are too violent or I could be using that time for better or more opportunities to minister. So I want to focus more on the opportunities, the minister part on this um, first part. Uh, mainly because that's always a big thing. You know, one of our callings as believers is to minister to others. And when you think about video games, a lot of misconceptions is it's people staring in front of televisions or people down in like locked in their rooms or locked in basements uh, spending hours upon hours upon hours uh, playing playing a video game. And that's kind of a misconception in some ways because especially now with online play, you know, back like in the early NES or SNES days uh, before you had online play, yeah, that, that, I mean, I can even think about myself, like there's times where I'd go into my room, I shut the door, and I'd play games for about an hour or two um, after I got my homework done. So... But now you are connected in so many different ways now, and not only on online play, but even with things like um, YouTube and Twitch, where you can broadcast your gameplay to a wide audience that you can talk to other people across the world, uh, play Counter-Strike, play uh, League of Legends, play a lot of these big online games, and you are, even though you are kind of by yourself playing a game, you're connected to lots of people and you are really making a lot of good connections. And so when I think about, can I do better times than the concept of, you know, my time could be used better to minister to more. Well, I don't know a better age or culture that we're in now where you can minister um, a lot more effectively uh, being in through the through video through a video game than you probably would through a local church. Um, and the reason why I say that is because a lot of young people, uh, men and women, love playing video games, especially now. Like I had a conversation months ago uh, with a guy who his son wants to try to be a professional streamer, like try to make a living off streaming. He hasn't started yet. And it's like, and this guy knows that I stream, but I stream a tad bit. So it's like, well, you know, I stream a little bit, but I definitely don't have the audience to <laughs> make it a living. Like I have to really think about self-promotion, promoting, doing that. And hopefully I get sponsorship and everything else. But for the most part, like I, I think I get like maybe two views if, if that, when I'm streaming. So obviously I'm not making a living off streaming, but there's this point where 
we have, as believers, we have a opportunity to really connect. And it's almost kind of like when I read the scriptures, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You know, you have this whole online gaming universe where the harvest is ripe for the kingdom of God to invade and do wonderful, epic things. But the workers are few because there is this uh, stigma that video games are bad and that as believers, we shouldn't uh, invade those spots. And it's the same thing. Like as believers, we shouldn't be preaching the gospel in bars because bars are evil and they're dirty and stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, I've been doing a bar ministry for the last three months and preaching the gospel in bars. And there's just been great things happening there. Um, you know, I think about at Anderson with the strip love where there's these women who are going to strip clubs, ministering to women and great things are happening there because they're not afraid to go into these places that religion has deemed unworthy. But, you know, as the spirit has, like, these are great opportunities to minister. And I'll give an example of, of another misconception in my life. I remember I was working, I was working at summer camp. Um, and most of you guys know I worked at Camp Marengo and worked at the year round program. And I remember it was a year round program. We just started. So I moved out there. I have my game fly subscription. So I'm getting games rented in a mail and, Occasionally I play games and John come down and he play games with me. And as I'm playing these games and I'm looking through, I remember one time I'm looking through my, he was there and I was going through my playlist of my queue of games to get from Gamefly. And as I was doing that, John happened to saw that in my queue, I had Grand Theft Auto 4. <laughs> Oh my goodness, was that a great conversation to have with your boss? Um, and kind of the conversation uh, that I had was this. It was, why would you play a game where you can pay for a prostitute, have sex with a prostitute, and then kill her and get your money back, which I know that's something in Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City and even San Andreas, something that you could easily do in the game. Um, and I remember having that conversation with them. I'm like, hey, John, look, I, you can do that in the game. I don't. Um, I don't do that in the game. Well, why would you play a game that you can have the opportunity to do that? And it's like, well, because the reality is is a lot of these kids that are coming to camp and a lot of these school groups that are coming when they're talking about video games especially these kids who are 13 14 15 years old they're playing grand theft auto and it's a rated m game for 17 plus so mainly it's for you know 17 and over kids but i ha know that there are kids who are way younger than that who are playing this game so part of me wants to know what's in this game, playing this game, understand the mechanics of the game so that when I'm walking around at summer camp or I'm or during dinner, if kids are talking about Grand Theft Auto 4, I can go, I can talk to them and we can have a conversation about it. And, and even if I want to say, hey, guys, I don't think you should be playing that game for whatever reasons, whether it's a religious reason or whether, hey, you're. 14 years old, what are you doing playing this game? Um, 
and talk, but at least I know what the heck I'm talking about because I've actually played the game. And that was my reason. And especially there's an online component. Grand Theft Auto 4 is the first game that actually had an online component. So think about this. Like if I'm playing Grand Theft Auto 4 online, is that an opportunity for me to witness and minister to people through this game? I think so. It's just like going, it's just, I mean, the difference between me going into a virtual world of Grand Theft Auto 4 and me walking into a bar and preaching the gospel, there's no difference. There's no difference between the two. The difference is, is am I going to be the light? Am I going to shine the light of Christ in this darkness? Or am I just going to be participating in darkness? And I think that's kind of a, and I think that's kind of a very hard, a hard thing to kind of navigate sometimes because, you know, I can play a game and I can love a game. I can play even like things like shooters. Um, You know, I can play a shooter and, you know, if in the heat of the battle, you know, I could get very, you know, I may get nasty. I may start calling people dummies and idiots. Is that a good representation of my relationship with Christ? Probably not. Now, do they know I'm a Christian? No, they may not know I'm a Christian, but I know I'm one. Or maybe I put something on my Xbox profile like lover of Jesus and I'm in Halo 5 and I'm like cursing like, okay, you know, it's like the person has the honk if you love Jesus and you honk and then the person who has the bumper sticker gives you the middle finger like, oh, uh, okay, <laughs> kind of one of those things. So when it comes to this concept of video games, I don't necessarily see it as bad. I don't see it as well, you could use your time better ministering because, again, I think that this is a great opportunity to minister to people in this medium, in this virtual online culture. Are there challenges? Yes. I think there's challenges so that we, too, don't become addicted and so we don't kind of, And I'll talk more about that in part two about video game addiction and what I feel and how I feel about the evidence and how I feel about that. But really, I want to look at how do we as believers dive into this medium, dive into this culture and be able to do kingdom work in this culture? Um, Because I really think that it's very profound. I mean, and now I know we're long days of wisdom tree that was putting out Christian based video games. And I don't know if we would ever see a good quality Christian video game um, in our current industry. I'm not saying that it never will happen, uh, but I think it's a foregone, but I don't think it will happen anytime soon. Uh, But at the same time, if you, by building up, just like by building up certain things with video games, by understanding the game, and especially when you're talking to people and you're talking about the video game or maybe a special game or whether it's Overwatch or whatever, you know, you can use that as a bridge to connect to people. And then through that bridge and even through playing online together um, by making those connections, you can really start being able to open up and share your faith and be able to witness the people in the hopes of them being able to, be able to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior. Um, and I think that's, and I think that's a wonderful medium. Um, the other challenge is, is that you're always going to have your critics. You're always going to have that 
youth pastor who thinks you're invoking the power of the devil. Uh, you're going to um, you're going to have those times where you're going to have that time where there's going to be a misconception from a pastor or a leader that thinks that, you know, you could spend better time doing ministry than playing video games. But really the reality is, is there's not even a better, there's, there's not a better time than now to be a gamer and to be a Christian and to share your faith with others through streaming and online play. And that's the reality of it. Um, so if there's ever criticisms or anything else, you know, you really just have to say, Hey, and even just look at scriptures, you know, use the scriptures of the harvest. Um, you know, even look at scriptures of like the apostles, how they were going into sinful communities and sinful cultures that were godless. And they were even to transform those communities and build churches in those communities. And you can do the same thing. And and even if you start having, and especially if you're having some criticisms about video game invoking violence and addiction and stuff, well, that's something I'm going to talk about next week uh, on this podcast. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, again, feel free to drop me a message here on Facebook or make a comment on my website, uh, scott7podcast.com. Um, and really just let me know, like, your thoughts on video games, whether you're a gamer and you're a Christian and you think everything is great, or if you're a critic, I, I would love to hear your criticisms too, uh, just so I can understand more of the conversation and what's going on and what's happening here. Uh, but I think this is absolutely wonderful. I think this is great. And I think it's a good, timely question to be asking as far as, you know, psychology and religion and entertainment, which is basically what the Scott Summit podcast um, the Trinity of the Scott Seven Podcast, I guess, entertainment, religion, and um, and spirituality and um, psychology. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a great week, and I'll be on next Thursday uh, with part two of this video games and spirituality series. All right, have a great day. Bye.